0: Greetings everybody, this is a Travel Addict Podcast where you can hear candid stories and discussions about business and adventure travel from around the world. With activities such as trekking, diving, camping, driving, cruising and just plain chilling out somewhere, we talk about lots of experiences in places all over the world including the grand, the remote, the edgy, the risque and ones of questionable merit. Education, fulfillment and wonder enrich our lives. And of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Stay tuned. Hello, Malcolm Teasdale here, The Travel Addict. It's Friday afternoon, time to finish work, or nearly. So uh, a podcast it is right now, and with me is Danny Cornpore. He's CEO of Trove Tourism. Uh, development advisors and he's in the great city of new york welcome danny
1: hey malcolm thanks for having me
0: good uh first question i've got to ask you danny is the name trove t-r-o-v-e where did that name come from
1: so it's a good question it came out of about 131 tries and attempts to get the, to get the name right but at the end of the day i think i chose the correct one because for me travel and tourism is always about uncovering a treasure of a place every city state region country for me has that things that that makes it unique whether it's the people the places the food it's one thing that makes it unique over anywhere else so it's about finding the trove or the treasure of that place so that's where trove comes from
0: okay well how did the business start i wonder
1: so it's it's actually a pretty compelling story uh i was traveling about three years ago I went to go visit my friend who was in med school in a a country that some people know, some don't. It's Grenada. Uh, It's in the Caribbean. And what it's known, what it was known at the time was, you know, the beaches and then the med school. And that's where a lot of people go for med school. And I had pretty low expectations when I was going there. I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, About the third day there, after about two days of lounging by the pool, my friend said, let's go to the beach. And then we get to the beach. This boat captain was there. He said, I'm going to take you out on the boat. We go out on the boat. We're swimming in the water. All of a sudden, as I'm snorkeling in the water, I see the most beautiful underwater sculptures I've ever seen in my life on the bed of the ocean. And you keep swimming. You keep swimming. You keep seeing them. And different examples, too. There was one of like a mermaid on a bench. There was a circle of of, of statues of different you know men and women with different uh, uniforms. And it was gorgeous. And then I came back to surface. I asked the boat captain, Hey, I didn't even know this was here. You know, where's this coming from? When was it built? And I told him I would, I would have been a lot more excited to come to Grenada had I known that this was here. And he said, you know, it's amazing, but it's also an issue that we have and that a lot of people don't know who we are and why we're there. And, And therefore, we don't get a lot of travelers outside of the travelers that come in on the cruises or come in for the med school. So I thought of the concept from there. And, you know, I have a background in marketing. I have a background. I've worked in in the tourism space for for a while now with different tourism authorities. I've worked in government for a long time. But I had an idea to start my own company to help destinations, right, like Grenada, uh, be able to find out what's unique about them and market that to the masses or to really to really markets that have a lot of potential for them. So that's where it came from. And that's where the gem of the idea came from to start a tourism marketing company focused on helping destinations, you know, not market to uh, audiences that they've already marketed to, not market the same old, same old, but to market in a way that takes what's unique and brings that to the audiences. So that's where it came from.
0: Okay. Excellent. I've only been to Grenada once, and that was sort of by accident, because my flight from uh, uh, Barbados uh, was cancelled, so I had to get a Liat plane over to Grenada and fly from there. Delta has a flight once a week, I think, out of Grenada. So uh,
1: I have to say, we haven't worked with Grenada yet as my company, but I had a great experience in Grenada after that, and it's an amazing place, and they've done a lot in developing the destination since then, but... It's still a goal of mine to work there. I feel like it'd be a really full circle moment.
0: All right. Excellent. Uh, I wish I had time to see more of it and probably I will do in the future. I, I go down to the Caribbean quite a bit, actually. So uh, excellent. All right. Now, your organization, you, know, you have quite a large team there. Do you work all over the world? Do you work on all con- continents?
1: Yeah. So we worked on five continents. We've worked with quite a few destinations already, and we're we're working with a few now, and we have plans to work with several in the future. Uh, what what we like to focus on is a destination that wants to maybe either pivot or extend their brand, right? So, for for instance, we worked with Dubai a few years ago, but not with Dubai Tourism. We worked with uh, you know Dubai Culture to help bring more visitors to the historical district, the Al Fahidi district of Dubai. So, it's taking Dubai on its head, right? What do people know Dubai for, which is the metropolitan city? Yep. But looking at specifically the historical part, the markets, the gold shook, the river, uh, some of the mosques that are in Dubai that you don't know of because you just think of, you know, Abu Dhabi as the place where a lot of that stuff is. Yep. So, flipping it on its head, especially at a time where they were holding Expo, which is a really big conference and everybody was going to it and they wanted to get more visitors to their historical district. So we developed really great content, a wonderful campaign for them that actually saw results at the end of the day. So that's a little bit of an example of what we try to do and what I think we've done successfully in in numerous cases now and working with a destination. So usually a tourism board and helping them either uncover and market maybe a, What We call it a tourism product or a subset of their tourism industry that people may not know about, or it's maybe developing uh, a new a new asset that is interesting to different markets. So I'll give you an example of that. We're working in Cambodia now. We're doing a lot of work in Cambodia, which is a destination that for long I've seen a lot of potential in. And people don't think about it, especially if you're thinking of U.S. and European travelers. They don't think of Cambodia as a place to go as a standalone destination. In many instances, they look at Thailand first. Right. So we are trying to develop uh, more of the heritage and historical significance of the capital city and some of the areas around the capital city to get people to go to Cambodia as a standalone destination for a longer amount of time. So. That's the work we do, and it, it's really exciting work, especially now after COVID.
0: Excellent. Yeah, that's a good thing. We'll come back to Cambodia in a second, back to Dubai a second. I've sure. been to Dubai once. I was there about four days. It was like a layover, and I just happened to land during Ramadan, you know. and yeah. uh, <laughs> so And it was 125 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, outside. my gosh. Uh, yeah, I was baked, man. I didn't want to go outside. Uh, but... I think what you're doing, though, I mean, people will go there and see the architecture. They'll go up uh, the Burj there. And <laughs> the only place you can go up to the top and look down on skyscrapers its unbelievable. I think pushing the culture, people should go to places and learn about the way people live. And uh, I think it's all very educational. So I think what you're doing is a, a good thing there. These places you mentioned, are Dubai is one of them, and uh, Cambodia. Now, I'm surprised what you said there, because I've been to Cambodia f- a few times. But of course, there's Siem Reap, which has uh, yep. the Angkor, Angkor Wat, which is what the, the oldest temple in the world, I think. Um, but that's there. That's a great place to go. And Phnom Penh, which is just a typical chaotic city, which has got the killing fields and the tall slang museum there. But it's full of culture. And I loved uh, Phnom Penh, Love loved Siem Reap, because I love the chaos about it. And yeah. how would you encourage people to go there? I'm just of course that because when I tell people some of the places I go to, and they say, Malcolm, why on earth are you going there? Yeah, They'll even say, well, that's a third world country. Please don't use that term. It's a derogatory term. Developing is better. So how do you go out of your way to encourage people that they might want to go to Cambodia, for example?
1: Sure. So it's a really good question. For me, Cambodia—the number one thing it's known for—is the Angkor Wat. It's it's beautiful. I've been there many times, and I think uh, it, it rightfully so. Pre pre pandemic, it had an issue with over tourism. Now I think you know they're getting back to where they were. But Cambodia really is is working to show people that there's a lot more there. And I think for me, I always think of it—it's a—it's an expectations versus reality. Theme because when people go there, they have an amazing time, right? Yeah, but it's absolutely. about setting the expectations before they visit, so there's more to actually look forward to. So I'll give you an example. Phnom Penh, you mentioned, it is a really hustle and bustle city, and it, it it's phenomenally chaotic. And you, know, but that but that aspect of it, I think, is similar to other Southeast Asian cities. What I really believe about Phnom Penh is it has some areas of it. Especially at the heart of the city, that you walk around and it's not like that. It actually has a huge French colonial heritage and influence. It has, in some parts, a Chinese influence and some parts a a Khmer, so you know, historically Khmer or Cambodian influence. But you walk around and there are little side streets that, in a lot of cases, this will sound weird, but it's it's there is that almost European element that that you get in Hanoi. But even Hanoi is a little bit. Uh, too crowded. So I find that that is really a heart of Phnom Penh that has the potential to link up expectations and reality. Because when you go there, you love it. But if you don't get to go, it's impossible to be able to live up to those expectations. So building more momentum and an experience out of that portion of the city or that aspect of the city is what we try to do. And then that's what we do in marketing campaigns, right? So if we work on a marketing campaign for the city. We're not going to focus on the hustle and bustle we're we're, we're going to focus on what we re, we really see as the gem of the city which is the the historical heritage and 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 the, how that, the food and and the and the, the real serenity of parts of that city
0: yeah absolutely well the killing fields are something it's, it's depressing by the way it's shocking oh, to so yeah and I had a guest on once uh, Leah Bajley her name was she was born and raised in uh, Myanmar. Yangon, Myanmar, and she worked at the museum there, trying to bring um, the corporates to justice from those bad days. Yeah, which is sort of in our recent history. She worked at the slang Museum, and she told me some stories there, unbelievable, really. But anyway, yeah, I'm glad you're doing that, and uh, obviously, Angkor Wat is a great place. And did you walk up the stairway to heaven there?
1: Yeah, I I've seen it all. I, I went to the some of the surrounding temples. Also, this time I was in Cambodia, I went to the south. They call it the coastal zone. And there are some spots there like Kep and Kampot and Kokong, which are three provinces along the coast that have some of the most beautiful beaches I've ever seen and also have some of the best food and fish markets and seafood and spice yeah. That I've ever I've ever seen, and it all I've traveled all around Southeast Asia, and that's a part that I think Cambodia is trying to develop as well and market. But I was I was shocked because I wasn't expecting that. So definitely should be on the hit list for anybody going.
0: Yeah, it'll take it'll take some time and uh, for it to I be, think so. uh, been popular. But that that's cool. And you also mentioned the Philippines, which obviously is what seven thousand islands there. Philippines Philippines is massive. But every time I've been to the Philippines, I've had just a great time. I mean, it's so big, and it's all these islands. Do you focus on a particular area of it? Area of it. I and mean, it's Boracay in the north.
1: There's Palawan. There's Cebu. There's Manila. yeah. Well, to, uh, to be honest, in our our Philippines work, we were actually worked with a really large tour company. But uh, I think in the Philippines, the the trove of the Philippines. Is, I mean, of course, there's the beautiful beaches but actually some of the most beautiful in the world. Yeah. Uh, most beautiful waterfalls I've ever been. The trope for me is the the people. I find the people to be some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life in the Philippines and it's almost everybody like that. And it, it, it's just such an enjoyable place to visit and you know my recommendation for the Philippines is is don't come with a foreign Company come and actually link up with a local tour guide, or 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 you know if it's a foreign company, make sure that that tour guide is from there, is local, because that really adds to the experience. And going to some of the local areas that only the locals know about, and having that food, and being able to to go to maybe if there's a waterfall, going off the beaten track and going there, um it, the the joy for me is the people there, and and that's what that's the experience I had there. Yeah,
0: I, I think so. I there' are real friendly people there. You you probably know more about the Philippines than me. I have one one word of advice or one ten cents of advice for people going to the Philippines. Please do not rent a car in Manila.
1: (laughs) It doesn't make you know what I mean, right? It doesn't make it. It's the worst traffic ever. Oh, it's it's
0: awful, isn't
1: it? It's awful. It's awful. (laughs) That whole part of the world has pretty awful traffic. Um, You know, Grab the apps like Grab and Pass are actually are, are pretty great in getting you a a ride quite quickly in a lot yeah. of those countries uh, on a tuk-tuk or whatever it is so i always advise going in that direction
0: yeah absolutely uh, the fourth place you mentioned was fiji i'm just curious about that and uh, uh what's two main islands down there great place though i mean uh, it how popular is fiji these days i mean it's out of reach for a lot of people. I imagine the people in the southern hemisphere may go there quite a bit if you're from New Zealand, Australia. But um, it's such a cool place. Great dive, scuba diving there as well.
1: Unbelievable scuba diving. So I think Fiji is is now more popular than ever. I have to say that entire region is 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 gaining uh, popularity. Uh, so when you think of not only Fiji but uh, Vanuatu and 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 some of the other and some of the other countries there, Cook Islands. Um uh obviously Tahiti Bora, Bora, et cetera, but Fiji in particular, I was just there uh, I spent about a month there. That's my second time there. I think um Fiji, they are really making a lot of strides in becoming more accessible to folks in the West, so they just opened up this historic uh direct flight from Vancouver. They're doing a lot more of that type of you know airlift and air route. Uh, because yeah. they understand it, it, it's a long distance right and it is rightfully so but uh once you're there it's it really is phenomenal so so typically folks come into Nandi, which is where the the, the you know the main international yeah. airport is and uh at Nandi you're able to go either island hopping if you want or you can stay on an island right yeah. they have the mamanugas and the uh yasawas which are absolutely beautiful and they're little islands around yeah. there and there's there's a cruise company called South Sea that runs all those cruises and uh so you i can you either can stay around nandi or go and 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 do the island hopping or stay on an island, but there's also amazing destinations that are almost up and coming um in uh, there's Vanu Alevu, which is the other island right, I was
0: gonna mention that yeah,
1: and there's a lot of they've really developed it, and there's some beautiful scuba and beaches there as well. I find that you know you can also go to Suva, which is the the capital, uh, mm. and and it it is a city, but you you have an easy access to some of the other places, right? So if you want more of a city vibe, you can go to Pacific Harbour. You can you can travel to some of the scuba and snorkeling spots from Suva as well. So there are other things to do outside of the you know the Mamanugas and the Yasawas yeah. on the west, but Fiji is such a phenomenal place, and I think people are. Around the world, so not only New Zealand and uh, Australia are opening up their eyes to what Fiji yeah. has to offer as a destination. So it is a really exciting place.
0: Yeah, it, it is. And I remember staying at the Jean Michel Cousteau Resort there on Vanalevu. and uh, so obviously that was in a, a good diving uh, location there. But I remember just playing with the locals at the sport. They're big rugby fans down there, as you know. Huge. It, right? Yeah, huge, and um, most of the, the uh, Pacific Islands are. Another bit clipping of information here. I actually got married in the in the Cook Islands. No, yeah, who does that? Uh, we got married who in the Cook Islands that? and then Rarotonga, and then flew over to Atutaki for the honeymoon. Yeah, so wow, what
1: fantastic.
0: a trip! Oh yeah, fantastic, yeah, fantastic.
1: That's amazing. Are you a diver, by the way?
0: Yeah, scuba dive. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, see, I'm not. I've never hmm. scuba dived, but I I free dive. So I'm a good swimmer. Oh, okay. I can okay, hold my yeah. breath for about maybe three minutes to two yeah. and a half minutes underwater
0: oh, incredible yeah
1: so I, I i just like to free dive i've never actually gotten the certification which is a goal of mine for 2023
0: yeah but don't leave it don't leave it too late danny You're no lot like, no, we'll no, no. to see out there man i just Lot we'll to In, see Indonesia. under there yes yeah there you go all right now your company a bit yeah. more about that um obviously you promote these destinations and one thing you do is try and help the destinations i'm assuming correct me if i'm wrong here but also if people are looking for let's say to fulfill an item on their bucket list or go somewhere different which i think is a great thing to do you'll guide them in the right direction is that right
1: so we don't we don't do that part yet our, our partners do but to be honest we focus on uh, advising and and helping the destinations market themselves. So we are our partners and our clients are the the tourism boards that represent either at a city, regional, or country level. Yeah. And we work with them to market their product. We have three teams, so with really three objectives. The first one is uh, to help a destination increase its leisure. Cooking, so travel like me and you do or you know sports travel or wellness travel yeah. or adventure or yeah. whatever it is the second is around meetings and events so mice so we worked with a few destinations oh. now to to help them actually b- build a brand and and market themselves to bring in more event and meeting organizers to actually yeah. host events there uh and then the third is around uh, tourism investment promotion so being able to help a destination bring more foreign direct investment into their country in the hotels and restaurants and and lodging, etc. So the three different teams that do three different things. they're all working to uh, bolster and improve the tourism industry of a destination. We don't have a direct to consumer side yet in the work that we do to you know help clients. We're not a tour company, but we do uh, work with tour companies.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a great thing. Obviously, I don't know if this is a challenge, but you are, I want not say limited, but obviously visa requirements could be an issue of who gets in there or not. Now, I know in the last um, few years, especially w- with COVID, uh, people who are digital nomads, Countries are making it easier for them to get in the country. Yes. I'll give them yes. visas for 12 months. I know some countries in Asia, especially Thailand, are doing that. So that's a good thing, I think, you know, because it, it gets them into their country. And because uh, you can work anywhere in the world now, I think it's a great idea. Uh, is that an idea you push towards them as well? I know you it can't isn't... really determine the visa side of it, but um...
1: no. I mean, we we can help put them in the right direction. You know, a lot of our clients, not only our clients, but destinations overall, they've been in different phases of kind of reopening. Yeah, and several have realized not only if re- you have to get to the baseline of where we were in 2019, but you need to ease up a little bit on some of the restrictions that were that were giving travelers even before COVID uh reason to doubt going. So uh, visa policies, you know, length of stay policies, uh, airlift, um, uh, documentation that you need to show when going, uh, things like that, that. We try to guide them in the right direction. And we and we've seen a lot of movement around the world. Everybody's trying to make it easier to travel because people realize how important travel is to the national GDP, how important travel is to wellness exactly. of people. Yeah how important travel is and and how much people want to travel because it's important to them and actually helps them relax. you know we've seen a a rise in wellness travel and in folks traveling around the world just to yeah. go there for seven to ten days and relax and 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 really either go to a retreat or do so so we've we've we we've just seen major. Um, movements of destinations actually realizing through the last three years hey tourism is so critical to what we do and who we are and why we make money and why we're important as a nation let's do everything in our power to lessen the restrictions for people to come in
0: yeah exactly oh it is and especially in the caribbean as well tourism is very important to those nations down there now i suppose there are some nations in the world that Want to expand tourism, but only to a degree. They want to be don't want to be overrun with tourists, you know. Sure. And I I can say that I, I we experience here in Destin because we moved here twelve years ago. Now it's to the point it's overrun with tourists. I know it's it's the USA, but it's there's too too many tourists here, and they're building more too many hotels, condo complexes, and uh, the infrastructure is is struggling. And the beaches are too packed, you know, it's not the place it no. used to be. So I'm I'm sure some countries are, are wary of that. They don't want to you sort know, of get too many people in there. And especially if it's uh, you know, I, I go to some marine parks around the world and you can't just go there. You have to get permit to do, go there or dive because they don't wanna make it too touristy and, and damage, you know, what they've yeah. got there.
1: Yeah. We so, um you know what It's an excellent point. I I just went to a conference about eight months ago, and uh, it was for U.S. tourism boards, okay? And it was like a county level, city level. And the number one measure that these tourism boards said that they wanted to be measured on, it wasn't visitor arrivals. It wasn't visitor growth. It was actually resident satisfaction, which I thought was so interesting, because you know, that's what, that's what makes people proud to walk around is how satisfied are they with where they live. And if travelers are coming in and not being conscious of where they are, or if there's too much uncontrolled development, that can be a problem as well. You know, we've seen that in Hawaii and Hawaii Mm -hmm. took a little bit of a step back. Right. So I, you know, it's important to not, it's, it's important to not ignore the sentiments of visitors, right? But it's also important to look at, okay, where are their gaps and how do we help fill them? Tourism development is hugely important to a nation, to a city, uh, to a city's development. So it's about striking the right balance. And we've been able to do a lot of that type of work, but it it can't be uncontrolled. But we also need to continue to to stress how important tourism is and, and show how important it is in every day. So-
0: yeah exactly well it obviously creates employment for the locals which which is a good thing that element of course could be may introduce crime in certain areas yeah. you know it's all that so it's it just has to be uh, correctly uh, managed but uh, it's it's all good what what would you say today outside of north america is a favorite destination
1: uh um it's a it's it's really so outside of north america where could i tell you um you know i'm trying not to think of of countries that i I, we currently work in as a company i'm going to try to give you something else i mean i i really enjoy my time whenever i go to uh anywhere in southeast asia and the pacific Uh, i just think um it's a little bit more of a relaxed vibe coming from new york okay and new york is so hustle and bustle i like going to some parts so I mean we mentioned Cambodia which is uh, amazing. I had great uh times in in Laos um yeah. uh, which is near but Laos for me is 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 so not hustle and bustle and it's so relaxed and there are some amazing remote destinations like um they have the uh, waterfalls uh in Luang Prabang which are gorgeous. Yeah, and I was going to
0: mention Luang Prabang because I went there about 4 years ago and I thought it was fantastic. It just, it's I was amazing. just I'm happy there sitting in a cafe drinking a cup of tea looking over the Mekong River where it meets it's the Mekong River. It's, it's
1: it's amazing. And I'm somebody that likes to go far away. Uh, if I'm going on vacation I want to explore somewhere new and a culture and so uh, Southeast Asia, I, you know the Pacific again I, I I mentioned even even Caribbean. I mean um there are a lot of Caribbean destinations that I think um, you can stay on the resort and be happy and just be, but there are other Caribbean destinations that have a lot to offer as, as cultural uh, places as uh, places with some of the most unique um, uh, geography and landscape you'll ever see anywhere. So um, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult question because I have a lot of favorites, but I really like to go somewhere as a traveler, I'm not talking about as a businessman, I like to go somewhere that, can give me something that I've never seen before, but also give me a little bit of a of a reprise from a hustle and bustle. Uh, and that's what I look for in a destination.
0: I agree with you. In fact, I've just come back. I don't know if you know this. It's, a, it's an area in Indonesia called Raja Ampat.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah.
0: It's part of the world's large, largest biodiverse marine area uh, in the Coral Triangle there. So I was, I'm a scuba diver. It's, it's not easy to get to, but when i got there i had my overwater bungalow and i went diving i've never seen marine life like it in my life and the coral reef was just pristine i'm never it's that's rare in today's world it's unbelievable place. I know.
1: tell me about it i went to great barrier reef 4 years ago 5 years ago I was so excited and it was completely depleted i mean the coral bleaching yeah. has really impacted the reef there so to hear that is, is great
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I wonder what you were going to say there. When the Great Barrier Reef, I understand the issues going on there. Yeah, uh, then the, the ocean water warmed up a little bit, and that's too much for the uh, the coral reef system. But if you ever get a chance, or if you get paddy certified, Danny, that's know, the place to go to and um, um, plough in Micronesia. So. So, well, Southeast Asia, that's my favorite, that's my favorite area. So if I'm over in Asia, I always stop in at Phuket for a couple of days on the way back. (laughs) I love it. I love love the culture and the people there are so friendly. It's It's amazing. amazing. Yeah, it's all exciting. So um, what's next upon your list uh, to do? I mean, if you had to go somewhere, you know, in a couple of weeks time, where would you like to go? What's number one on your list of places to visit for you personally?
1: Yeah. So where, where I am going, I'm going to, I'm spending the whole month of November in Europe. I have business meetings around Europe and conferences where I would love to go. I mean, I, we spoke about the Philippines. I would love to go to the Philippines. I would love to, we, we just did a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, research on uh, Malaysia and their parts of Malaysia that are, that are beautiful. Um, I, I, I think there's a lot of, um, push now for solo travel and that's typically the travel that I do. I think, you know, post-COVID there's been more of a trend of solo travel and people are getting more confident and excited to travel by themselves. For folks that are not traveling by themselves and traveling groups, travel advisors and travel agents have become more and more prioritized. Um but for me, I probably will be going alone and I'll probably be traveling somewhere far away in Southeast Asia I think is the route that I'm going to go.
0: And nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm married,
1: uh, Danny. and my, nothing wrong with that. My, I'm my not, so I take a, advantage um, of it.
0: My wife's a creature of comfort. So if I say I wanted to, like, Rajar or wherever it was, uh, she said, just go. Just go. Get out of your system. I mean, it's, she's very supportive in that way. She understands. But to me, it's educational I, I love learning about foreign cultures i lecture on it as well i do some work uh, do public speaking on cruise ships so i like talking about this stuff to people
1: it's amazing it's it, it's amazing and that you know the opportunity to travel and it, if if you have if you can afford to travel you know it's amazing but i feel i feel like now there's so many opportunities it doesn't need to be far away you don't need to spend thousands of dollars right. even going somewhere you know, an hour or two away, getting out of your comfort zone, even temporarily for three, four days, and even two, three days is an amazing opportunity that we all have now. You know, our world has become a lot more uh, connected, but not only that, I think, uh, you know, cities, towns, regions, countries have, have, again, they've realized the importance of tourism and they've tried to do a little bit of a facelift. In a lot of cases, they've tried to, Showcase themselves better, develop roads and attractions that were yeah. dilapid they may have been dilapidated. So there's a lot of amazing tourism and infrastructure development, new activities, new attractions all around the world where they take places like a beautiful beach or a beautiful desert or a beautiful site and make it acceptable and approachable and accessible for tourists. So the tourism industry, there, there's no better time now to book a trip and the next in the next 12 months you know there's no better time than now to really be able to book that trip so i always tell people that are thinking about traveling they say where do you tra- where do you want to travel to where do you want to go i said just pick somewhere everywhere will have an amazing uh selection of things for you to do just get out of your comfort zone talk to some of the people locally and be able- be able to really open your eyes to the experience yeah you
0: know. exactly it's all educational and uh absolutely that's why i try and tell people um this is this is what i do i love doing it i'm going to do it until i can't do it anymore yes know? so yes. i you know no regrets in life but you, uh, just go back to your website uh, and it's yes uh, and your front page of your website i'm looking at goats up trees here first t- yes. where is that
1: it's in morocco i i was there I'll, I'll shoot you over the picture of me holding one of the goats but you know it's a controversial picture and i'll tell you why because this isn't the most sustainable destination in the world it isn't i mean it is a it is a an attraction where you go there and you know there, there are a lot of trees in morocco in that part of morocco which is i think about like an hour or two away from marrakesh yeah. but yeah uh, there's a lot of trees there that have goats on it because those are argan trees okay and they uh they essentially make argan oil from the trees and it's oh, okay. it, it's a, but the it, it's such a compelling photo because for me that was something that i didn't even know was going to be there and it was such a surprise and such a shock to see those trees there so i said all right why not make it the home page of my uh of my website so i haven't changed it for uh about more than two years yeah um and i don't plan on it i just i think it's so unique it's such a unique selling proposition of morocco but it it just kind of shows you what you can expect and how that's turned on your head. So I like it. Yeah,
0: it's brilliant actually. I love that. I just—it's
1: <laughs> like, what is that? Why are they on the tree?
0: Well, you be spies? Some animals evolve differently, like the human beings do, oh, and uh, they're good at some things and uh, not good at. <laughs> I know, Other I know. Actually, you can go to the Bahamas and swim with pigs. There, can't you? I mean, you heard yes, of that you one? can.
1: You have to pay, similar to in Morocco. You have to pay to hold the goats, but the, the it is uh, it's it's definitely a weird uh, a weird attraction. It's weird, isn't
0: it? but it's I like weird. weirdness. Anyway, your your website, and that's for them people who, who listen to this and interested. So I need to find out more information about your organization. Everything is on your website, isn't it? They can find it there.
1: Everything's on the website, you know, projects we've done, uh, you know, people on the team. We we also, so I would invite anybody that's interested in travel, we're posting constantly on our blog. So I would say every week we're writing another story about tourism or travel, whether it be on the blog or the news site. So that's where we consolidate it's under resources on our page, consolidate a lot of interesting resources on travel and tourism and and trends, right? If you're interested in trends and tourism and where to go and what to do and Where's reopening, you know, where's not, and where where are their new developments? That's where to go is that is that web page. And uh, and we're going to be, in the next few months, um, releasing some more data and data sets on, you know, um, uh, traveler sentiment. So where do travelers want to go? Where are they thinking about going? Where do they not want to go? So we're going to be releasing some of that data as well on the website. But TroveTourism.com, it's a place to go if you're interested in tourism
0: okay well i'm a it's a great thing to do exactly one year ago danny do you know where i was where kiev in the ukraine No, oh. unbelievable and i tell you yeah, based on what's happened, unbelievable architecture there people are great and just walking around that city oh um gosh. yeah and uh i treasure though; i've got lots of uh, lots of pictures but uh yeah fantastic even the the daily newspaper here came banging on my door, wanting to oh, know what the hell I was doing in Kiev. But yeah, uh, unbelievable. I just hope. Uh, I just heard know. the
1: Ukrainian deputy minister of tourism. I think that was her title, but it was at the Skift travel conference in New York City, and she spoke about how this is not the end for Ukraine's tourism industry. How they're really going to look to rebuild. They've already started, you know. Tried to start to rebuild and how the international community needs to continue to support them and that there is a way out of this. And I, I was very inspired by that. It is a really difficult situation now, but I'm hoping that Ukraine as a whole can get back to the charm of where it once was because it is such a, it's such an upsetting situation and uh, I hope that there's a future.
0: Yeah. I mean, I did, they've just applied it to host the uh, World Cup in 2030. How about that? Yeah. So uh, they're heading know, in but the right man, direction. Absolutely. Man, I,
1: I, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping. You know, I, I we hope that in that direction. But every day it's something different. So I, I'm really... Keeping my fingers crossed for
0: them. Yeah, well, let's let's hope we can. uh, There's nothing going to interrupt our travel plans in the future, and especially uh, your business as well, Well, It's great what you're doing, Danny, and uh, if you're helping uh, countries in the world or destinations um, get more tourists, that's a great thing to do, and it's good for people like us out there, the general population, to learn about these places, become educated, and uh, it's a fulfilling experience, and that's what it's all about. Thank you, Malcolm.
1: I appreciate it, and and what you're doing, I mean this podcast i've been listening to some of the episodes i think you know highlighting different travel experiences passion about travel that encourages other people to go travel and 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 you know get their suitcase packed and go somewhere they may have not seen before so what you're doing is is incredible and uh, i'm i've really been a privilege to be on here
0: well, thanks, Danny. Well, I wish you all the best for the future. You know where I'm at. Keep in touch, buddy. And uh, I might have to go and visit these uh, these goats at the Tree Zone one day. I don't know. I'll have to check that you out. you
1: got to go. I'll send you all the tips. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, thanks for that. I'll, I'll right, look more at your website so anyway. I might learn a bit more. But anyway, thanks for being on board here. Thank you so much. Yes. Take care of yourself. Happy. Have a great weekend.
1: Thank you. See you later.
0: Many thanks for joining me today. This is Malcolm Teasdale signing off. Before I do, please check out my website, malcolmjteesdale.com for more information about my travels around the world. Okay, folks, talk to you later. Bye for now. Stay safe.